0: We want to wake up the conversation because the demographic situation that we have today is not what it was 30, 40, 50 years ago. People are living longer. People are vibrant longer. People want to work longer. They want to have a purpose longer and they're healthier longer. Bottom line, they're healthier longer. So that's the wake up. It's a wake up call. The shake up is we want to shake up the attitudes that it's not as a 50 that we start going downhill. And as you probably know, about 70% of our vitality and our aging, we can actually control through nutrition, activity and sleep.
1: Hey there, my friend. This is Dr. Anthony Balduzzi. And I want to welcome you back to another episode here on the Fit Mother Project podcast. Today, we are joined by two amazing guest experts, two badass ladies Are kicking butt in their 50s and helping other women and organizations do the same. We are joined by Ellen Kosher and Dominique Ben Dow. Both of them are living in Switzerland currently and they are the authors of the new book, Wake Up, Shake Up, Thrive How to Lift Up Your Life in Your 50s and Beyond. And this is a powerful conversation because both Ellen and Dominique come from a very successful corporate background world. They've worked in major organizations, they've initiated wellness stuff in the workplace. They've worked in human resources, consulted C-level executives, turned down C-level jobs themselves. Just a really powerful group of women here. And that's why I wanted to bring them on the podcast so they can really share their perspectives on what you can do to have all these areas of your life thriving, particularly the areas that they say are the five main gears, your physical health, your emotional health, your intellectual health, and your spiritual and your financial. They've written this new book that basically helps you assess these five areas and realize that when you're in your 50s, you actually have advantages, distinct advantages in all these key areas. And you can really just tune things up and get your whole life spinning so that you feel that you're thriving. And because you're a part of our Fit Mother community, I know this this conversation you're about to hear is gonna deeply resonate with you because these are women who are really just walking the walk talking the talk. They know what it takes to produce results. And they've come up with some really powerful and simple and fun frameworks on how we can approach thriving in our 50s and beyond. And a lot of it comes down to mindset, just like the stuff we talk about inside the Fit Mother program. So I want to read their bios really fast because they are very impressive women. And I think it's just worth reading so you know who you're about to hear from. And then we'll get into this episode. So Ellen Kosher is an economist and certified workplace wellness consultant who holds a master's degree in health and wellness coaching. And following 10 years as an executive in finance, Ellen made some major lifestyle changes and has dedicated the past 20 years to walk her talk through workplace well-being and promoting a holistic approach to eating, physical activity, health, resilience, and self-care. Ellen has coached hundreds of individuals and organizations on how to make sustainable lifestyle changes and empowering them from going knowing what to do to actually doing it. And most recently, Ellen's work focuses on the 50-plus demographic, including her recently released book, Wake Up, Shake Up, Thrive, which she wrote with Dominic. Dominique Bendow. So Dominique is a Swiss national who's been working in the human resources leadership roles in international organizations for over 30 years. She has experience in 12 different industries across multiple continents. And she's the founder and managing director of Point North International, where she helps consult professionals and executives to reinvent a career that truly fits their experience, values, skills, and purpose. And her passion for untapped potential goes far beyond conventional human resources practices. And that's why she recently wrote this book with her friend, Ellen. So what you're going to get out of this conversation is just inspiration. First off, you're going to see two women who are absolutely walking the walk. They both went through really life and career reinventions after realizing certain aspects of what was going on for them was a little stagnant. And they have the exact framework to follow on how to coach yourself, on how to receive coaching, and how to really have the right perspective that allows you to thrive in your 50s and beyond. So without further ado, let's get into this amazing conversation with Ellen and Dominique from Wake Up, Shake Up, Thrive. All right, Dominique. All right, Ellen. Welcome officially to the Fit Mother Project podcast. I'm so happy to have you both here.
0: Hello. Hello. Thank you very much. Nice to be with
1: you. As I was mentioning before we hopped on, it's like it, it, this is we have a party on this podcast. There, most people listening are used to having two people, but now we have three. And this means we're going to have even more fun and we have even more wisdom coming down the pipeline. And I know a lot of people from listening to the intro are going to be eager to hear about... Both your strategies on how you found to live a life after 50 that is thriving in all these key domains in life, and you both are a wealth of experience. So before we get into your new book and everything around that, I would love to hear some background information on both of you. So Dominique, can you please introduce yourself to our listeners, a little bit of why you're in this work right now, and of course, how you met Ellen as well.
2: Sure. Perfect. Thank you very much, Anthony. So my name is Dominique Bendau. I'm Swiss. I uh, was actually born in Switzerland. Uh, the the reason I mentioned that is that Switzerland being such a small country, you find a lot of people who are Swiss, but were not actually born in Switzerland. So I'm very proud to be 100% Swiss product, if I may say. Um, I've got 30 plus years experience in the corporate world, um, having had different leadership positions in human resources Mostly in large companies, but also in smaller ones. Being Swiss, I've been very early on in my career offered the opportunity to work in the US, in Eastern Europe, in Africa, and over my my thirty plus years' experience, um, I've traveled the world, which is great because travel is one of my passions since I'm a little girl. So I was very lucky to to have the career that I was dreaming about without even knowing it when uh, when I was uh, a teenager. A few years ago, when I was 51 and a half years old, (laughs) um, I took the decision to resign from my C-level position and just to give myself the space to take the right decision in terms of my career. At the time, I didn't know that um, I would create my own company, but I did. And it became obvious that it was the right decision. And looking back a few years after that, it's probably one of the best decisions I've taken. Opening my business after the age of 50, with all the experience, the network, um, savings, experience, skills, expertise. When I created my company the first time I was 25, and, and Anthony, I can tell you today that it feels much easier and better when you're 50 than when you're 25. Um, so, so that's that's what I've done. My company's name is called Point North International. And together with my team, we're helping executives and professionals create a professional life that is aligned with their values, their purpose, their skills, and their experience. And we base our work on the fact that the future doesn't have to look like the past. So it's really taking a new and fresh perspective. And a few years ago, I met with this beautiful lady with me who is my colleague today, um, Ellen. And as much as I am Swiss and have worked in the U.S., she is from the U.S., but she'll introduce herself. And we met in Switzerland a few years ago. I was giving a speech on a business lunch, which is the usual usual business lunch that many of us go to. Um, And the topic of the speech was is it at all possible to find a job after the age of 45? We met over lunch with a nice glass of wine and good food and very quickly became obvious that combining our experiences, our skills and expertise make much more sense. Um, And that's how the company that we have created together, which is called Wake Up, Shake Up, Thrive, which Ellen will explain what does it mean, really, behind the words. Um, That's how it was created. And very quickly, it became a a global success. And we both have now our individual company. And we have this third company, if I may say, together um, and having a lot of fun. So that's where I come from.
1: Beautiful. All right, Ellen, take us away. Give us your origin story and the combination here.
0: Okay. So I was brought up in the United States, did my undergraduate work in economics and finance, finance person Uh, in university, did a semester abroad, fell in love with Europe, fell in love with Italy, fell in love with food, Anthony, you can imagine. And I spent the next 10 years in finance. And at one point, um, actually, it was when we had our first children. I'm a mom of three, by the way, Uh, when we had our children. And I'm sure that a lot of the people in your audience experienced this. I felt a bit of a mismatch with working 60 hour weeks, traveling all the time, about to become partner in a big, big, big um, finance company. And I stepped back. I stepped back and I took some time off. Um, I took a look at my my personal lifestyle and I changed my personal lifestyle. I lost about 50 pounds, all of that sort of managing the family, managing the kids. And at that point, Weight Watchers offered me a job. They said, Ellen, we would love you to create Weight Watchers in the workplace in Switzerland. And they said, but we have no clients yet. We have no clients. You've got to find the clients. And we'd like you to build this workplace well-being through the Weight Watchers program. You've been so successful and you have the business savvy. And I thought it was a great challenge. So I started balancing my family, mother life with Weight Watchers at Work. And Anthony, I stayed for nine years. And I was one of the pioneers of workplace well in workplace wellness in Switzerland. And my first client, I'm sure you know them well, was this little organization, downtown Geneva called the World Health Organization. <laughs>
1: yeah. You might've heard
0: of them. We've heard of them so, a little bit
1: over the last year. A little yeah.
0: bit. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. So uh, once a week for nine years, I went in and I had about a hundred people from, from the WHO coming to my weight management classes. And now I'm going to fast forward because, again, at one point after about 9, 10 years, I recognized that it wasn't enough. Of course, weight management is important. I managed to lose that weight and I haven't weighed myself since. I'm still the same weight, the same active, etc., but I saw people yo-yo. And I know this resonates with you completely because you're the same, the same philosophy. I saw the yo-yo and I saw people having problems with things like stress, resilience, sedentarity, and I needed to grow. So I quit Weight Watchers and I created my business Wealthness. Wealth plus health. So that's the finance plus the health. I'm a nutritionist. I have my master's in health and wellness coaching. I accompany physicians, doctors, and workplaces. I still am a workplace wellness consultant, and I'm actually global leader of all the health and wellness coaches in the world, in the ICF, the International Coach Federation. So, yeah, yeah, it's 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 been a wonderful journey. And having had that experience as an executive allows me to understand what the worries are in the workplace. So effectively, one day I saw that someone was speaking. It was Dominique actually over lunchtime. And we met. And when Dominique and I met, I said to Dominique, Gosh, what you're doing for people redefining and re engineering their careers. I have people coming to me to lose weight, sleep better, become more physically active, but their problem is their job, frankly. And I said, And we can do everything we want to do, but until they change their job, nothing's going to happen. And Dominique had the same. She had people coming to her that absolutely wanted to lose their job. But in fact, they weren't sleeping, they were eating right, they weren't taking care of themselves. So that's where we said, hey, by combining our skills, and we've, we've really niched ourselves to the 45 plus, 50 plus generation. So we can explore that as you wish. So that's the story of Dominique and Ellen.
1: Powerful. I mean, I feel really privileged hearing those intros to be with you both on this conversation with that much expertise in both corporate, and your personal journeys, and then taking this really holistic approach. At wellness, but also keeping the professional aspect to it as well. Super cool. So let's get into it. I'd love to like actually take the the concept of wake up, shake up, thrive, and and espouse this as an idea and a philosophy. It almost like says itself, like wake up, shake up, thrive. But like, why does this apply to people? Let's just say over fifty for the sake of this conversation. Even if you're in forties, this is going to be relevant to you. But start to unpack this. Yeah.
0: Well, it, it is. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> So Wake Up, Shake Up, Thrive, it was my fourth baby, actually. (laughs) It was my fourth baby. Maybe the book was my fourth baby. I have three, three children. But Wake Up, Shake Up, Thrive came very spontaneously. We want to wake up the conversation because the demographic situation that we have today is not what it was 30, 40, 50 years ago. People are living longer. People are vibrant longer. People want to work longer. They want to have a purpose longer. And they're healthier longer bottom line, they're healthier longer. So that's the wake up. It's a wake up call. The shake up is we want to shake up the attitudes that it's not as a 50, that we start going downhill. And as you probably know, about 70% of our vitality and our aging, we can actually control through nutrition, activity, and sleep. So that's the shake up. And of course, so we can thrive. So Dominique, why don't you tell them about our Swiss watch?
2: Sure. So, as as you as you know, Anthony, we are both living in Switzerland, and now we're both Swiss as well. Um, and it was when we we wrote the book, and and by the way, we wrote the book right in the middle of COVID. We started before the the lockdown, um, and then came the change of situation, and so we wrote the book, being locked down each of us in our respective home. So it, for us, it was one, our first book, second, our first time we were writing together with another person. And uh, what we wanted to achieve through the book is also share with the world some of our experience from Switzerland. Because everybody knows about Switzerland with you know chocolates, cows, mountains, banks, and watches, but our country has a lot more to offer, which is sometimes not known. So, what we've done in in the book is to associate each of the five dimensions that we touch on—physical, emotional, intellectual, spiritual, and financial. So, for each of those dimensions, there is what we call the Swiss touches in the book, where we share something about. Uh, what is being done in Switzerland or what our country has achieved so far um, that people might not know ex- specifically uh, from, you know, common knowledge. For instance, if we go into the intellectual dimension, which is which is one of, of our dimension, many people would not know that Switzerland is ha- actually for the last, I think, three or four years been rated one of the top innovative countries in the world. We think about Switzerland as very traditional, very stable, uh, risk-adverse. However, we are very innovative in the way we do business, but also in the way that we manage the 50-plus generation when it comes to learning, learning, Um, helping developing the knowledge of the 50 plus, we're quite, um, I wouldn't say advanced, but we're quite sensitive to the fact that whatever age, there's always something that we learn. And we associate, um, Alan is going to share that with you, the fact that we associate our five dimension with the Swiss gears of a Swiss watch, is each of the dimensions an, has an impact on the other dimensions. So if I talk about innovation and in the intellectual dimension, it's also the fact that in the human brain, some people think that over a certain age, our cells in the brain are basically dying. Like, you know, we're a dying body in terms of cells. Whereas we know now more and more with neuroplasticity that it's actually not true that until the last day of our life, there is new cells that are created. Hence it offers a wealth of opportunity and discoveries for the 50 plus generation in terms of learning new things. And in Switzerland, it's probably how innovation works. You have senior people, mentors helping startups, and the combination of the young generation with the older generation makes a very strong country in terms of innovation. So we've brought some Swiss touches in each of the dimension.
1: That's really cool. The book sounds very fun from that aspect too, as like just a cultural experience as well as a strong personal development framework. Now, I want to ask about these gears because I think that's where I think a lot of people get a lot of value from this, is looking at these gears. I can imagine someone's listening, and some of those gears are pretty self-evident when they're not working well. If your health is not right, you have the sense. You're wearing extra weight on your body. Your energy is crap. If you look in your bank account and you don't have a lot of money, that is pretty evident. And emotionally, we can feel... Emotionally, intellectually, I think intellectual is an interesting one because... Many people, I think, when they don't have these other areas right, are not pushing forward naturally to expand themselves intellectually per se, and then spirituals mixed up in all of this. So, where does someone start? Are there some gears that you think turn first that turn other gears? How do you begin to have someone who feels like they have a couple deficits in several areas to begin to wake up, shake up, and eventually thrive?
0: Mm-hmm. I think I'll take that, Anthony. Thank you for that question. It's great, and it's great to hear you speaking in gears because we speak in gears. Really, we really do. We say, "Okay, where are we at with the gears?" What we like to do, and this is something that we can actually, we have a resource on our website that people can actually go to and do a little self-assessment of each one of the gears. So we ask specific questions. And what's important to know, of course, we always start with the physical dimension because we feel it's the base camp. We always start with that. But people might quickly recognize that they're actually pretty well set there. And like you said, they actually feel it. They know something's off, but they don't know where it is. By doing this self-assessment, they can already determine where they might want to begin. So that's how we start. We do most of our programs in the workplace and we come in and we start by doing what we call a checkup. And in each of those dimensions, they rate themselves on a scale of zero to five. And those dimensions where they rate themselves lower, they, um, they might prioritize there. What's really funny, Anthony, and what's happened, what we've noticed a lot with working people is with, with people is that we'll often start by doing these checkups. They'll do the five checkups and they'll say, they'll come to us and they'll say, okay, I'm going to start in the spiritual dimension, which is really about purpose. And you can imagine, we've seen it with the great resignation. We've seen it with the quiet quitting. People over 50 assess and reassess their purpose at work and in life a lot of change. They they often motivate change, trigger change as of that that age. And what's very interesting is when we actually start going deeper and we start unpacking each one of the dimensions, they often switch. They go, oh, I actually thought financial was good. Let me give you an example. I thought I was all set financially because my budget is fine. But when you actually talk to me about being open and having open conversations about money, with my partner, with my parents, with my children, I, 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 I'm really not doing that. And actually that's something maybe I want to think about. Yeah. So each dimension, when we start to unpack it and get into the details, people are, uh, we raise their awareness about where they're at. So we do usually go in the order, physical, emotional, intellectual, spiritual, financial.
1: Yeah.
0: But frankly, there's no weighing whatsoever there. How does
1: that resonate with you? Strongly. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. I mean, you're speaking to a movement of of ladies here on Fit Mother that know that the physical, when strengthened and, and, and made more aligned changes all of these other factors. In interchanging with how to change your physical, you must come face-to-face with your emotions, right? I mean, as it relates to your food, your self-talk, your self-worth. So like those things are clearly one and the same. And then when you have and you're thriving from this good base, it's easier to pursue your career intellectually or, or learn more because vitality gives you a sense of energy that you can go and pursue purpose. And then when you have purpose, you feel more spiritually fulfilled. And when you're more spiritually fulfilled, you're able to thrive financially by creating and exchanging value more effectively. So I see how the piece comes together. My question is this. So someone is listening to this and I do recommend everyone goes check out your assessment. There'll be links in the show notes and we'll send that out as well. It's going to be all over wherever you're listening to this to take that assessment. Someone gets an assessment and then they have an idea of an area they want to work on. How does someone get themselves out of the rut of inertia and start to move into growth mode where they're doing specific actions, tasks, realigning? Like, what are some of the techniques that are really relevant, especially for people over 50 who've maybe read all the Tony Robbins books, done lots of workplace personal development, like a new, fresh approach to this? Like, how does someone start to take traction and action in a gear?
2: So, we're both coming from the corporate world, we're both very pragmatic. We believe that beyond information, beyond education, there's no results without actions. There's nothing new, you know, here is to get results. If you don't change anything, if you don't take actions, it's just repeating the same story, but you don't see a, a, a real ev- evolution. Um, so we have, uh, in, in for instance, in the book, at the end of the book, we have our readers will find what we call a Thrive Guide where they get tangible, easy um, practices, tools, techniques that we have accumulated over decades of experience where we know we've tested ourselves, we know that it works and we know that it's appropriate for the 50 plus, whether physically speaking, intellectually speaking, but it's also to shaking up their mindsets that to be 50 plus is also an advantage in many ways. And then we work a lot on bias, preconceived ideas that you're too old to do this or your time is over to do that. Um, but we've seen in practice that, yes, you can fall in love when you're 79. Yes, you can create your business when you're 65. Yes, you can change job and be still in corporate at the age of 58 or 62 or whatever, is to go beyond what people think is the truth. And we simply ask them, well, give me, give me data, give me input there. Is that really true? Or is it your perception of the reality? And are there other realities that prove you, prove to you that there is another way to do things. So we, in, in the book and in our workshops or when we work with, with companies to help them manage that generation into integrating them, we give very tangible, pragmatic re- recommendation on how they can transform the information into real results. If I take emotional, for instance, emotional the, the emotional dimensions of course, is something that everybody will recognize as important. Even more today, you know, in a world where you have uncertainty, anxiety, um, there's a lot of questions about safety, economy issues. Um, it, we're surrounded by question marks, basically. So, of course, fears come up at the surface, and emotional um, emotions are coming up much quicker, including. At work, now to be fifty plus is actually an an advantage when it comes to emotional intelligence because we've gone through a number of experiences, ups and downs. We've resigned, we've been fired, we've restructured, we had babies, we moved, uh, we 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 had we potentially lost parents, and so we went through life experiences that has over the years strengthen our ability to cope with emotional ups and downs. And sometimes we don't feel that's really a plus. For us, it became normal. It's just the way we are, but it's not that normal. And that's something that we can also help other generations to cope with. Um, So here we see a real uh, interaction or impact between the emotional dimensions. And the intellectual dimension where, where you put emotions at work, plus the fact that when you want wanting to, to um, grow your brain, if I may say, or if you want to, to make your brain fitter, uh, what you need is to trigger new habits, new learnings, and so on. And working with other generations is a great way through mentoring or reverse mentoring to have that combination of this is what I've learned from my emotional intelligence. And this is what I can show to you in terms of capacities, abilities, experiences from both um, generations. So we we work a lot about bias, fears, and the interlinks between, let's say the emotional dimension and the intellectual
1: dimension. Powerful. And I think what, what seems very evident to me is it is really important for people in the 50-plus to plant that flag and own it. like As the, like the meta mindset and meta framework here, to start to actually look and maybe ask yourself, where are my advantages in all these categories? Physically, emotionally, intellectually, spiritually, financially, and like know those. Make them very conscious, because that gives you a lot more power, I think, to go translate that into action. I'm wondering, Ellen, if you could speak into if you see that there are common uh, patterns or behaviors or mindsets that keep people in their 50s stuck, like what separates people that are in the thriving versus people who are just kind of in the getting by or maybe a couple gears are spinning? Are there very obvious patterns, mindsets, or even just actions or habits in any of these main domains that are keeping people super stuck?
0: Yeah. I would say that honestly, the first thing is mindset. People have this thing in mind um, where it's sort of um, school, work, retire, expire. That's sort of the mindset that people have grown up with. Whereas today it's more like school, um, work, Maybe you don't even retire, but you do something new. You you thrive at that point. So it's really, it's almost that you get the opportunity to work or do something different at that point in life. People are stuck still in the old mindset of retirement and it's it's a downhill. And you know that physically, you there's no reason that you have less muscle mass as you age. You will naturally have less muscle mass. But if you work out, if you actually take care of that muscle mass and there are specific things. So the first thing is to shift that mindset. And we do that through information. When people understand that simple thing that I just spoke about, that you can actually work against aging muscle mass, keeping your muscles as fit. My muscles are more fit today than they were when I was 21. I wasn't working out when I was 21. We were just growing and that was enough. But today, when you work out regularly, your muscle mass will stay the same. You'd, you'd laugh the number of women that, that come to me in the menopausal years as well. They come, they say, I don't, I've I, I gained weight because of menopause or I don't burn like I used to. And in fact, the minute we get them eating right, sleeping right, and exercising right, it, all the gears fall into place. But it is important to recognize that certain things change. So what we do is we try to highlight, and some people just don't know that, that as of 50, there are certain things that change. For example, with sleep, again, a simple example, we tend to go to bed earlier and wake up earlier. Mm-hmm. That's our body clocks. Yeah. If you fight that, you might not sleep well. So you see, by, by working between mindset and information, people have aha moments and then they can, they can move on. So it's just nudging them out of that space of discomfort.
1: Yeah, really well said. What came to me as you were sharing that too is this idea of a little bit of grace, like grace in the sense that like these bodies do, like we can maintain your muscle mass through conscious action and good eating. Yet at the same time, we do have some level of degeneration that just happens naturally. Like the skin collagen will break down, we'll get some wrinkles, the knees might not be the same as when we're 21. And that is perfectly okay. Like accepting that and still working within what is your new normal.
0: Embracing it even.
1: Embracing Embracing it. it. Yeah, Yeah. embracing it and creating a new normal and new possibilities working around that. Okay. So maybe you can't squat as much as you could when you were 21, but you can do something completely different and better and still just as invigorating. I think we're looking for that feeling of engagement with our lives, right? And we want engagement.
0: Yeah. It's really funny. BJB reminded me of something. I was giving a menopause menopause in October was world menopause month. And I give a lot of awareness sessions, believe it or not, Anthony, diversity, equity, and inclusion sessions in the workplace. And now I've integrated andropause. And we were talking about that. And I said, I said, so I do this course, andropause and menopause. I mean, it, we've got to be equal. Anyway, to make a long story short, we talked about weight. And I said, my weight is has, hasn't moved by more than a pound for 20 years. I said, but it's shifted. And I said, I don't wear hip huggers anymore. And the whole room laughed. And I said, but that's what happens. So what? I said, I'm the same size, but I can't wear the same clothes. That's just the way it is. It happens. When you know it, you can embrace it. And that's fine too. I'm glad that high-waisted pants are really in this year. (laughs) Totally, right?
1: It's working to our advantage and finding that. That's beautiful. I love that. All right. So let's keep on talking about this. How does does someone find the courage to make a career pivot? And I specifically want to talk about someone who has some of these gears turning, but there's this idea now that we're living in this beautiful information age with the power of the internet that we can create lightweight businesses quickly with ideas. The tools are there, and you have this experience from a corporate job, and you know you want to do something different. Maybe be your boss for the own boss for the first time. How does someone get the courage or the initiating energy to like to make a pivot? The courage and the clarity, I guess. What's the process of doing a total like career shift or pivot?
2: There's <laughs> basically two main. Um instigators behind that. It could be either that the situation is too painful and the person really has to change because it became just not bearable any longer. And um, the other one is that people would change because they're inspired by somebody else who has done the change before. Obviously, we don't wanna go into something that is so unbearable that we have to change. However, our job is to show them that, yes, it's possible, that it's not a question of age. I had clients who come to me at the age of 26 and they say, you know what, it's, I'm, too, I'm too young, I'm too unexperienced, I have not enough of this or not enough of that. And then I have people that are 49 or 48 or 56 as well, I'm too old or I'm perceived as being too old. It's not a question of age, as we we just run a, a program recently with Ellen, uh, which was called Age is Just a Number, and that's very true. It's, it's just a number. We had a number of people who, because, because they were inspired by other people next to them, for whom it worked to change career, either to move out of corporates into entrepreneurship or to move from one job to another, or to hybrid type of work and it actually worked despite or because and I would I would emphasize on the because they were 50 plus and that worked even better because they were 50 plus because they brought to the world experience, wisdom, sense of humor because we're not we we're really cool when we're 50 plus and we have uh, you know a lot of fun um and because we bring the experiences and the methodologies or the techniques or life experiences and the network that helps in business in any industry in any part of the world so it's to shift the the branding in terms of um, I'm old, so I'm going to be expensive. I'm adverse to change. I'm not good with digital tools and so on. All the you know, the reasons that we hear too often to um, I'm older, I'm wiser, and I bring experience, network, solutions, and so on, resilience. And that's going to be helpful. So it's a question of branding, but usually it's because they've seen that it worked for other people and they're encouraged to make the jump. The idea is not to jump off the plane without a parachute is to get ready for it to get support to look at values, strengths, um talents, and how to brand that and communicate about that and It does work whatever the age is and and the older, the better, I would say because it really is a a competitive advantage. Research shows that the the entrepreneurs that are over 50 have five times more success being entrepreneurs than younger people. How cool is that, right? So so there, there there are data, there are facts that shows that the older, the better, even in career
0: like a good swiss cheese just to bring it back to switzerland
1: <laughs> yeah right totally yeah and i would like to ask you about the physical domain too like You work with many people in the workplace, out of the workplace that have busy schedules. And I'm sure you've found a couple of like keystone habits or behaviors that really move like big, big levers for people when it comes to their routines. What would you counsel someone who's in their 50s on like the important things to check the boxes on on a daily basis or a weekly basis as it relates to their physical well-being? Mm
0: hmm. That's a very, very good question. So um, again, I want to just come back to a question you asked a little bit earlier, which was how do we go from knowing to doing? Because we know a lot of this stuff and to go from knowing to doing, I do believe in the power of coaching. I do believe in the power of coaching, which is empowering the individual. So I coach C-suite and that's where we always start at the top because then they can model the behavior down for the rest of the organization. So C-suite, obviously the number one issue today, and by the way, most of them are around 50 or over 50. So, so it's really the audience that we're looking at half men, half women, Um, the, the, the major problem, 70 to 80% of the population is stress. That is the issue. Now, as you know, again, it's, it's just another gear, right? We've got to add to this. So in the three dimensions, number one is sleep. They, they definitely, it is, it is underrated in the corporate world. So I always start with sleep. Like a baby, if the baby sleeps well, then they eat well and they're happy. The other way around well. of course, it's a double-edged sword, because if you don't sleep well, you're more stressed. When you're more stressed, you don't sleep well. So we really have to nip it in the bud. So we like to put in some sleep routines. But even just saying one thing, I'll give one tip that might shift the mindset on sleep. Rather than planning your whole day and then going to bed, figure out what time you need to go to bed and work backwards make it happen in your day. So we are prioritizing sleep. Once that is done, the second thing that I would focus on for both food and exercise, you're probably going to love me for this, is to start tracking. Start tracking. You only know where you're at by starting. So I use simple apps like my fitness pal or whatever, but once we get it, once we get it recorded and we see where we're at and it's age specific, Anthony, again, age, sex, weight, physical activity specific. Once we, we start tracking a, as you know, I'm sure I'm just putting these words into your mouth, but I'm sure of it. We've raised our awareness and we can go, Hey, look, That's what's going on with me. And we've been discussing what we're supposed to be doing, but we want to go from knowing to doing. So by having the tracking, we can say, okay, so what are we going to do about that this week? And we can break it down into micro objectives that that they've come up with. I don't give advice. I'm a coach. I'm a nutritionist. I've got my master's. I know it all. Of course. They ask me a question, I can answer it. I'm not there to advise. I'm there to nudge. I'm there to find how they can get from point A. To point B. So in the physical dimension, I'm going to add one more Swiss touch here. Something you probably don't know. Swiss people eat more chocolate than anybody else in the world. How cool is that?
1: <laughs> it is cool. And the, I, I don't know what the health of people in Switzerland is, but I imagine it's decent outside in the mountains. Like, I mean, it, it's a European country. I don't
0: well we we have the highest life expectancy in the world. We kind of struggle with Japan and the highest happiness index in the world as well. so that's why we we use it as like we're like, you know what there's something to this,
1: yeah, absolutely, really good. What about someone who's going at this alone and doesn't have a coach can they Can they go through this kind of like didactic self guiding process like by themselves like what's the how does someone take this conversation today? And start to ask powerful questions if they don't have the benefit of a coach. Although now they know you both exist. So that's cool. Like They can come find you and there'll be links as well. But for someone to get started, yeah. Tell me about the self-directed aspect.
0: Mm -hmm. I recently wrote an article on exactly that. Over the summer, I said, learn how to coach yourself. I will give you the link to that article because I have about five self-questions that people can... I, I teach people to coach themselves as though they were their own best friend. And so when you've got your tracking, to actually turn it around to yourself. I will give you the links to that article because I think it gives some really good specific points. So I mean, what would you add to that, hun? I would,
2: I would say that it starts with awareness. And you don't necessarily need somebody to raise your awareness on any of the dimensions. So you can start with, with our book. You can go and visit our website and, and have the quiz. But it starts by being aware of where you stand and where you'd like to be. Um, and then I'm a big fan of the one step, you know, one step at a time uh, methodology. I think it was Einstein who said um, about, you know, being riding a bicycle is that the only way to to stand or to continue uh, make the bicycle work is to actually continue pedaling. So one step at a time and will make sure that you're going one step towards where you want to be in any of the dimension. And it doesn't have to be tough. It doesn't have to be a major change. It's one little change at a time, maybe to trigger your brain, um, you know, neuroplasticity is to take another route to go to the usual place or brush your teeth with the left hand if you're right-handed. There's many small things that anyone can do at home without a coach and yet move one step closer to their destination and where they want to be. Same today with technology. We have ways to you know, be more aware of how we feel. Um, There are apps like the Mood Meter where you can know, you know, you can get used to put a vocabulary behind your emotions and actually name them. There's many things that people can find that are either for free or very affordable. And, um, and, And you can always find an accountability partner, a buddy, a friend, who is going to be there for you without being, uh, really actually a coach himself or herself. Mm -hmm. It's a
0: good idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: For sure. And I think it's in the baked into the human spirit, the power of doing things together. I mean, it's no surprise that you all wrote this book together, met each other together, are here on this podcast together. Like there's a lot of empowering energy with togetherness. I want to ask a specific question around this idea of one step at a time. A lot of people understand that. What about how many domains at a time? I'm going to reflect on my own personal life. I think when I feel stressed, it's because I feel like I'm spinning too many plates. And I think I can spin like two to three plates. And what I mean by this is maybe like I've had more than multiple businesses in the past and I've had too many businesses and I had to like back out of those because it felt too overwhelming. As it relates to these gears, if someone wants to make a change, is there a sweet spot for how many gears someone should tackle and work on taking those steps at a time? Like You could certainly do stuff in the physical. Are you also pushing the spiritual intentionally forward with reading, prayer, meditation? Are you also pushing the intellectual? Have you found any problems with people trying to do too much? Is mm-hmm, there an amount mm-hmm. of focus in these gears? Yeah, yeah, Let's speak to that because yeah. you want to, we want to do it all, right? But there's mm-hmm, obviously mm-hmm. a process that's a little more methodical. Yeah. So please speak yeah. into that.
0: I would, I would love to speak to that. Um, we actually have people y- use a personal tool and I'm going to explain it to you because it's very, very simple. You draw a circle, like a, we call it the circle of, you could call it the circle of life, circle of anything. And within each dimension, and we do this in our workbooks and we do this in our, in our book, actually, we give the instructions for this. They divide, well, let's just take the example, um, food, uh, exercise, sleep. So you've got three pieces of the pie. So we ask them, first of all, to choose which piece they want to start with. And let's say they choose exercise or sleep. Let's say they choose sleep. Then we take sleep and we make a circle for sleep and we divide that down into pieces of the pie. And we have them whittle it down until they say, Oh, that's that's going to work for me. Now, let's just say we've whittled down the sleep and we're the pieces of the pie. We've got sleep routine. We've moved all our tech out of the bedroom. We've got a bunch of things on there. And one of those things might be breathing exercises before bed. Well, look, Anthony, if I'm doing breathing exercises, is that not also touching the spiritual? Maybe I'm doing a little meditation. So what my point is, sometimes we get double whammies and that's the idea of the gears is but it's always, okay, first of all, it's the individual that is making up the pieces of the pie and they're saying, that is one that I can do this week and I know I will not fail. That's when we set a goal.
1: And I know I will not fail.
0: And I know I will not fail.
1: That's an important one. I want to make sure people catch that.
0: Critical, critical. And I know I will not fail. And the question that the coach will always ask is, what might get in your way? Mm-hmm. And if they come up with something, we just make that pie smaller. We make that piece smaller. And it's completely personalized and individualized. Dominique,
2: what would you add to that? Uh, maybe just from personal experience, what has worked well to your question, Anthony, is to work on, on, on the combination of two dimensions has worked well for me in the past. Like, you know, activity and emotions. Because when you, Are active, it raises some hormones, and that is helping in either your creativity or managing your stress. The combination of two usually works well. The other thing is to build on on what Ellen and you said in terms of making it achievable. Imagine when you say, Oh, I'm going to go and climb that mountain or that hill. When you go one step, then you discover there's a second phase and then a third one. And when you get on top of the hill, you get a a landscape of the next phase. But that next phase, landscape, you only see when you have achieved a certain level. So it's to make it achievable because you want to build success and you want to build a sense of achievement and gratitude towards what you have achieved so far. If you aim for too high, too fast, um, too big, you're gonna get demotivated, frustrated, and you're gonna go back to square zero square one. Um, so it's, it's to admit that it's a journey. And once you get to a certain phase of the journey, you might discover another journey, another destination is, is coming ahead. And that's the beauty of life if you if we were to know everything that comes ahead of us uh that wouldn't be so cool right? it wouldn't be so funny because it's also the fact of discovery and being astonished and being like a kid it's it's to um to get one part of the journey at a time without necessarily knowing where it leads us, but getting moving forward. Um, but to your question, I, I would say it's a combination um, and and to be open to adapt for the following week or for the following month and not having like, okay, I'm this month, November is physical and that's it. And then December is going to be emotional and that's life doesn't come like that. And use the challenges of life that comes to your plate at, in November, in December, in January or whatever, Um, and use life as a platform of exploration, rather than a methodical, structured approach that one dimension per month, one dimension per week, and it has to be in that order. No, use your situational um, situations and examples and opportunities to build from that, rather than to have an academic or theoretical approach. Use life. Life is great. Is a great playing ground, so use
1: that. That was really well said. Yeah, certainly match the dynamism that's natural in life with your approach. Mm-hmm. At the same time, though, I do really do respect both of your background in corporate, and I think companies do quarterly checks. You do the PL every quarter. Is this something that you actually recommend organizations and people check in on a pulse every ninety day kind of thing? Is there some kind of structure to this that is helpful, not to choke out the the dynamism, but to provide a scaffolding for more awareness?
0: Yes, definitely. My expertise is, so I I still wear two hats. I'm a workplace wellness consultant. So I help companies actually set up their workplace well-being programs. And what we do, and 99% of our work is group programs in the workplace. And we actually have two angles on them. One of the angles is the pre-retirement sessions because typically they just learn about their 401k. They don't assess any of these other dimensions. When we've added this on, now it is extremely popular. We're a number, n- numerous organizations that that realize they need to prepare their retirees better for their next steps. And in addition, they might even been hiring, be hiring them back in as consultants because they need their skills. So it's really useful to have them well and happy. The second type of things that we're giving in the organization is um, for people over 50 so that they stay and thrive. An enormous number of women leave the workplace in the menopausal years because they're what we call the sandwich generation. They're sandwiched between kids leaving home or or. Older teenagers that are very, very complex to manage and older parents and they have very stressful jobs and they're, they're just squeezed and they have menopausal symptoms. So they just leave. And what, what we've, what we, the statistics show is that many of them don't realize there are financial consequences to that as well because they've got another 40 years to live they've got another 40 years. It's a lot of time. They usually can't afford to just give up income at that point. So we shake up the conversation for every age group and we do run annual awareness sessions in the workplace for everybody. Also to encourage what Dominique was speaking about, which is the integration of the five generations, the integration of everybody.
1: Well, I, th- I think this is a nice time of year to have this conversation. And we are going to release this like soon during this holidays pivot into New Year's, which is great timing because I think there's a lot of people listening to this who are still listening right now who are going to be interested in pursuing this more. So I'd love to turn the floor over to both of you to tell them where they can go, whether they're getting free chapters of your book, any kind of specials that you guys have for coaching sessions. Like tell us what's going on in your world and how people can engage with you past this.
2: So people can find a lot of free resources, Um, have access to the first two chapters of our book in English and in French, if you have some French-Canadian audience. Um, And and that's for free. They can also have, as we mentioned before, the quizzes. So that's on www.wakeupshakeupthriveinoneword.com. They can also find either Ellen and myself on LinkedIn. Um, uh, We are very active on LinkedIn and on Instagram to share tips, ideas, inspiration, um, nuggets of techniques and tips that they can use right now to make that one step forward. We have a a YouTube video channel as well with lots of videos um, that we've recorded over time. And because we are big fans of Christmas (laughs) and Thanksgiving coming up, uh, we also have a gift pack where they have a nice, classy black box with the book inside chocolate because it's recommended for the health and, and for the emotion. Swiss chocolate. Exactly. Swiss chocolate. Um, so there's plenty of things, but everything can be.
1: Is that on your website? If someone's like, I want the Swiss chocolate in the book. Okay, yes. that's on the website. Okay.
0: Yes, totally. It's on our website. And Absolutely. of course, our book is available on Amazon in English and in French.
1: Okay, wakeupshakeupthrive.com.
0: wakeupshakeupthrive.com.
1: There'll be links all over the place as well. Well, this was a pleasure. Thank you both for your time. Very inspiring. And it really just warms my heart that I I get to benefit from your wisdom and your experience as a younger man. Everyone listening here gets to get inspired about living a holistic life, and we can really just be champions together, like we're, we're doing what you're doing. That you are not over the hill. That we can kind of like take back this idea that you know life starts at fifty. I love that. I'm excited for my life to start. I'm and I'm in training wheels until I get there. That's great.
0: Yeah, there's this saying that says before fifty, life is just a warm up. <laughs>
1: yeah. Warm up. This is great. Well, thank you all again so much happy holidays to you appreciate your time and thanks everyone for tuning in
0: thank you and thank you for your time thank you happy holidays anthony thank you very much Cheers.
1: Bye. hey there my friend thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the fit mother project podcast if you love what you heard i have a favor to ask you please consider taking 60 seconds right now to leave us a rating and review on our podcast Leaving us a review is super quick. It only takes a minute and it's so, so helpful to us as it really boosts this podcast to reach more people who need this information and this message. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can leave us a star rating and review. If you're watching on YouTube, you can hit the like button and leave us a comment. Overall, I truly appreciate you being with us here on the podcast. On behalf of me and my entire Fit Mother Project team, we truly feel honored and grateful to support you and your family on your journey to fantastic health. I thank you for your support of this podcast and of this mission.